Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman. And we are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast. And we are so excited to be back recording a podcast together Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the 2024 Major League Baseball season. I am so excited for this year, Jake. Yeah, we are here with Yahoo Sports. Our time off of podcasting has weighed on me heavy. I've been delivering baseball takes to inanimate objects. So I'm rearing to get back to talking ball with my buddy. So join us on Baseball Barbercast. We're going to have a good time. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. This was a signal to Notre Dame. You hang tight. And it was a signal to everyone else. You might be screwed. And SI's Pat Forty. Oh, look at the shoes on that coach. Look at the socks on him. I, I don't care. Here's Pat and Dan. Uh, welcome to the pod. Let me tell you something, dear listeners. You want dedication. You want toughness. You want fighting through adversity. It just means more. We're not talking about the SEC. We're talking about Pat Forty fighting off COVID to, to podcast today. That's right. You okay, buddy? Are you okay? It's, We're concerned. Look, man, if Willis Reed could do it, if Michael Jordan could have the <laughs> flu game, if Jack Youngblood could play in the Super Bowl with a broken leg... I could do the podcast and talk about stupidity for 45 minutes or so for our, for our listeners. For them, they deserve it. They need it. They're counting on us. They want us on that wall, Dan. See how much we love you? A lot of podcasts would quit. A lot of podcasters would be shivering under the under – the, no, not Pat. Pat's here for us. That's right. Uh, so, all right, we'll see how long you can go. I'll try not to wear you out. There you go. Treat me delicately today. All right. So – Pat is in Atlanta for SEC Media Day. I just watched it on on TV, but he didn't get to go to SEC Media Day <laughs> because he doesn't want to infect uh, the entire SEC. That would be... That hot air fest would be a super spreader deluxe. I go in there and start yakking on people, and then everybody else there... You know, that's all people do is yak in close quarters, so... Yeah, it's probably going to be an outbreak, but yeah, you would have been accused of being an ACC plant or something like that to try to... <laughs> Uh, so let's go over some of the details. Commissioner Greg Sankey uh, gave a um, gave a state of the state of the SEC speech, of course, and uh, noted that there is quote there's no sense of urgency in our league, no panic in reaction to others' decisions, uh, no plans right now to expand. We are comfortable at sixteen. You know, he, he was up on his vacation property in New York, uh, the Finger Lakes region of New York, uh, when the when the, S, the USC and UCLA news came out going to the Big Ten. And he didn't want to cause like a um, he didn't want to act like he cared or the league cared. <laughs> so he didn't call for a call for a meeting of the SEC decision makers until the following Wednesday. I thought it was cool. So he's just sort of like, yeah, yeah we're good. 
we're good. When we want to make a move, we'll do it. But no urgency. Thoughts on that? Um, well, it was interesting. I, I I did think the fact that he admitted that basically, yeah, we just didn't want the headline of making it look like we were reacting in a panic-stricken fashion, although I, I would bet there was a little bit of panic. Uh, but, he, I mean, Sankey is one thing above all else. I mean, he's smart, but he is also very pragmatic, cool, not prone to rush into anything. That's one of the reasons the SEC drove the decision to play football in 2020, where other leagues were like, we're making the decision now. He was like, ah, we can wait. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, that's kind of part of his uh, leadership tenets there. So, you know, I think that, and he's right. I mean, look, the, the, they made their power move. The big 10 made their power move. And he said, ours is better. Basically. He was asked to do, do Texas and Oklahoma, Trump, USC and UCLA. Yes. Yes, they do. I would agree with that. I would agree. Yes. Yeah, no. I do Nothing, agree. Mainly because UCLA didn't bring a whole lot to the table right now. But yeah, right, right. Yep. Just check the desirability ratings, Dan. Check them out That's there. That's right. We went over this. We went over yep. this. Also, he was big on the contiguous states or whatever that word is. Yeah, contiguous states. Yep, yep. I can't say it because I have a Boston Midwestern and I don't even have the Louisiana part accent yet. But we'll get to him. <laughs> Unlike Brian Kelly. Yeah. But I, it's real. You can't pronounce anything. So... <laughs> And I only got two of the three, so I feel bad for Brian, but we'll get to Brian. Yeah, everyone was waiting, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there was definitely a lot of attention paid. Was he going to signal that we're looking around? But really, they don't have to ever signal. No, no, no. You just, you got, you do your dealing in quiet ways in back rooms, whatever, you know, and uh, you don't have to let him. I mean, nobody knew about Texas and Oklahoma till they knew, and nobody knew about. USC and UCLA till we knew. Um, so, which is one of the reasons UCLA may be in trouble with the UC campus system. But yeah, you know, I mean, he's right that they are, those two are in such position of strength. They don't have to overreact to one another. Um, you just kind of let things play out. And as long as Notre Dame sits chilly, which it looks like for now they're going to, at least for a year or so, the SEC can sit chilly as well. They, you know, there's no need to rush into something, especially when one of the things that Sankey did bring up earlier in the day to SEC Network was we're not going to get in the middle of grant of rights situations, which basically says the ACC is off the table for now. Right. That was another signal that the waters are relatively calm, except for we'll see what happens with the Big 12 and the Pac-12. I mean, at that point, if the ACC is off the table, then the only schools that could remotely be seen as ads to the SEC is really the only school is Notre Dame. Yeah. And we've discussed, you know, I don't think it's completely impossible, but you believe it's a less than 1% chance that the Notre Dame would ever choose the SEC over the Big Ten. I, but, you know, we'll see. Um, but that's if the big, if Notre Dame wants to go. So at this point, very calm. There's no need for that. And I think he also signaled something. Uh, in his other comments that I think were the most interesting. I mean, he talked a lot about, you know, governance and NIL. And I, I don't, you know, that's a lot of talk. I don't know how the hell you get all that stuff organized. I just, I, I can't get yeah. into the NIL right. debates of what these people want. They, they got told what, they got told reality by the courts. This isn't a political decision anymore. You had 30 years to come up with one of those. Yep. This and is the courts. It. Mm-hmm. 
and you lost in court and <laughs> you will lose again. Yeah. So, you know, and, the, I mean, I, he said too. He's, you know, he was asked, well, he said the preferred method would be to have Congress pass uniform laws. But then he acknowledged that Congress ain't passing any laws like that until after the midterms at the earliest. They don't pass any laws at all. <laughs> no. it's, it's not happening. So that didn't happen. In, and you get like a link. Well, we need kind of a salary cap. You can't it's a, like that's why you lost. You can't restrict the trade. Right. You can't say I'm capping your income from a third party source. You tried that at zero. It doesn't matter if it's one million or 10 million. This stuff, you know, there's a lot of talk that's just like, well, they were, the, the, the legal system spoke. The courts spoke. So we, I'm not, we're not going to get into that. I just find it, it's just so, it's so complicated and so non-practical. But he did discuss the playoff. Yes. And I thought this was a signal to Notre Dame. You hang tight. Uh, and it was a signal to everyone else. You might be screwed. <laughs> he said uh, that 12-team, six-automatic bid deal that he described as a really good balancing outcome. Nice compromise he threw out there. Uh, things have changed. Uh, he said uh, once it got rejected in January by the Alliance, the Big Ten ACC Pac-12, if we are going to be- go back to square one, then we are going to take a step back from the model that was introduced and rethink the approach. And he mentioned this. We'll consider the number of teams whether there should be any guarantee for conference champions at all. Just earn your way in. There is something healthy competitively about that and increases expectations and support around programs. So those two items, the number of teams, he's not set on 12. Guaranteed auto bids, not set on that. The reason this playoff proposal went from four to 12 and skipped eight is because the the leagues, the compromise was let's give five or six automatic bids out there. And if you do five or six automatic bids on eight, you're down to just two at-large teams. Right now, there are four at-large bids. You go to two, it hurts the strongest conferences, and it hurts Notre Dame. Sankey's got the strongest conference. And he would very much like to keep help Notre Dame stay away from the Big Ten. His interest is in more automatic, more at-large bids. And that's the number one thing. He could go to eight and have eight at-large bids and no, no uh, automatic bids. That would help Notre Dame. It would also, I think, help potentially choke out these other leagues without ever having to raid them. Because the chances of the Big 12 and Pac-12 specifically getting teams in a playoff without an automatic bid starts falling to not great. And when you're not in the playoff year after year, you lose relevancy. You really you lose the perception of competitiveness with recruits. You lose money. You lose television ratings. You lose everything. This playoff can be used as a way to to decrease the value of other conferences while also increasing the SEC and the Big Ten. So yep. I thought there was an awful lot there in those three, four sentences. What do you think, yep. Pat? Yeah, no, that was uh, one thing that seems clear with Sankey. Well, you know, he, he may come across as a bit dry and wonky at times. I think he's a pretty 
tough guy when it comes to these sort of situations. Like if he feels like you dealt with him badly or whatever, he ain't forgetting it. And he will, he will exert the influence that he has. And I think this is one of those indications like, okay, fine. This is what you wanted. We're going to give it to you. And it's going to be to our benefit. And I really don't care what it means for you guys. Uh, And if you look, you know, going with a, you know, no automatic qualifiers, that's, that's, that's perfectly fine with the SEC. They get teams in every year right now with no automatic qualifiers. Sometimes they get two. You go back like to 2020, uh, if they would have had an eight-teamer, you would have had Texas A&M in it at number five and Florida at number seven, in addition to national champion Alabama and Georgia right outside it at number nine. So and Notre know. Dame is in on that one, and then yep. two and two Big Tens, right? Uh, yeah, Ohio State, and I think just one Big Ten. If you if you go okay. to if you go to twelve, Indiana was in. Believe it or not, okay, Indiana. Yeah. In any given year, especially with the addition of USC and the, the additional money, you could easily have three, possibly four big uh, SEC teams, and certainly two or maybe three Big Ten teams in the top eight. Yep especially if they design the playoff to favor strength of schedule. Yes. And they start beating that drum. Strength of schedule, strength of schedule, strength of schedule, and you're sitting in the Big 12, and you're sitting, what's the strength of schedule? It's a perception. Who's good? Now they'll come up with a formula. The formula is who programs the formula. What's the Mm -hmm. formula? Who's in this committee? It's perception. That's a quality loss. That isn't. You're talking six of the eight teams and the way Notre Dame's going or five. And now you're down to two spots for everybody else in college football. Maybe one spot some years. Yep. Good luck. You know, that's yeah. just not that's not a good. That's not the, the Pac-12 hasn't had a team in, in five years. It's one of the reasons SC just bailed. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's they 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 have not really even been in the hunt for a playoff spot in the last several years. So. Again, we've talked about it. You dumbasses cutting their own throats uh, for whatever reason here. Because the thing about Sankey, he, he's very, very, very smart, and he's very purposeful in what he's going to say. And he, all these commissioners are when they go into this. And they all know, hey, here's about three things you're going to get asked, right? You're going to get asked about expansion. You're going to get asked about NIL. You're going to get asked about, who knows, maybe this topic or that. Maybe you don't even get asked. You're going to be asked about the playoff. So when he has an answer, when he goes off and gives a two-minute answer, which is what it was, he's making clear statements about the perception. He's They're still mad that the, the, the plan they worked on in January got blown up and the Pac-12, like, you know. I mean, he's got to sit there and go, Pac-12, you haven't gotten in in five years. I offer you a plan where you'll get in every year. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And you said no. Yeah. Okay, just- now, now, wait, what, what do you want me to do now? <laughs> who are you yeah. and you just lost your marquee program and i'm supposed to care yeah i'm supposed to give you a guaranteed spot now when you're weaker here's a question this was brought up what by a uh a listener on uh on twitter i think it's a good question like would the big if, if assuming that the new playoff is going to be voted on by majority rule simple you know like out of the 10 conferences plus notre dame six versus five right what if the sec and big 10 don't have enough people voting with them to get it the way they want i don't they they don't need it to be that though they don't notre dame let's say they come up with this eight teams automatic all at, at large 
SEC Big Ten want it. Notre Dame votes yes. The other leagues can all vote no. And they say, okay, this is the this is what we're going to do. Maybe we have a split national title. We don't care. What are the chances you're going to convince the rest of the country at 13-0 or 14-0 Clemson, which beat, you know, Baylor in the championship game, is better than Alabama that's now 15-0 and and just had to beat Ohio State, you know, all the whole thing. So I, would I don't think be, they care. They can just yeah. do whatever they want. Yeah, take your ball and go home. If uh, if they don't want to go the along deal in the past, one one league could veto it. Now, this is the deal. We have all the teams. We have all the markets. You got a few things going for you. We don't have, now. Would that be bad for college sports? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I like this? No. I begged them to take this plan and every other plan for twenty years practically. But if I'm the SEC and Big Ten, what do I care? Well, okay, fine. Do you think when they go to market? with the college football playoff and they go to bark and say, we have Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state, USC, Wisconsin, on and on and on Florida. Go on. We have all these T Notre Dame. We're all playing in this league here. We're playing in this playoff. Anybody interested in broadcasting that? Do you think like ESPN and Fox and NBC are going to sit there and go now, you know what? We're really worried about your Big 12. Yeah, they would want a national playoff, which is what they tried to do. And the nation said no. They said, let's have a playoff that stretches coast to coast. And the coast to coast people said, no, thank you. We'll come back later. So it's perilous because these guys can do it. Will they? I don't know. Will there be a, a, you know, everybody holding hands? And will there be a bit of saying we need to do what's good for the game? I hope so. But we're down at this point to hoping that that's the case, that yeah. the Big Ten and SEC do not act in the best interest of their own programs and in the most profitable manner for their own programs for the good of the game. And if right. that is what history tells us is what's going to happen, it doesn't happen that way. You're right. That uh, I mean, theoretically, yes, that, that if it came to that to – we're going to be outvoted. They would just say, "Okay, fine. We just we will we will not even compete with you guys. We'll just do our own thing." Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe the big Big Twelve says, "Now we're, we're in," or something. I don't know. Could you do it? We would like an ACC Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, American Mountain West playoff. You I mean, could. if you do that, how do you recruit if you're in the ACC against the SEC? Yeah, recruiting. I mean. How do you get your fans excited about that? I mean, they might be they're good. They would be excited to a degree, but not the same way that Clemson fans were when they were playing Alabama and beating Alabama. No. So you say, all right, well, if we go undefeated, we're in the playoff. That's kind of, you know, and you look back and say, hey, look, uh, 20, you know, you had to go undefeated to make a BCS championship game. You had to go undefeated to, to, make a playoff in the past, so it's just not that different. And sure, a three-loss Georgia team just made it, and that sucks, but that's the world we got to live in. But it's hard because you you can't self-sort yourself into a smaller or the lower league, but that's right. kind of where they're at. I don't know. I think this is a bigger thing than, than – uh, I think this is, a big, this is a big threat. I thought those lines are very, very interesting, and I think the fact that an, an eight-team all – Automatic, all at large bit. I keep saying automatic uh, thing is exactly what Notre Dame would try. Notre Dame would go from six, the old program with 12 teams. There were six at large spots. 
and Notre Dame helped design it, and we're thrilled with it. The new plan, if it goes just eight teams, would be eight at large. Well, Notre Dame's going to say, great. Yeah. More Better chance to be us. one of the top eight than the top yep. six that didn't yeah. win a conference. Now, obviously, with the conference champions, some of those conference champs are going to be in that eight. So, you know, maybe it's the same. But if you're Notre Dame right now and you want independence, you would say, I'll take an eight-team all-at-large playoff, let alone a 12. But I don't know that the Big Ten and SEC have to go to 12. And it also opens up, what if they want to do that extra round of semifinals and finals in their league? Yep, yep. You know, so they can then just have the whole, that that first round of the playoffs is just them. And I don't know. It's, It's right out there. But I found those to be the most interesting things said out of Sankey. Anything else that you saw? I did that. Like again, he he was as as chesty as Sankey can be in his understated, wonky way. Where he noted that they've won the last three national championships and so on and so on and so on. But then, <laughs> in the most disingenuous, passive aggressive line he could muster, said, "I'll let you make the comparisons for uh, for us at the at the uh, with the comparative success of our conference in football against the other ones." So. <laughs> yeah, he he pointed it all out and then said, but it's up to you guys to make that decision. Brian Kelly spoke, Lane Kiffin spoke, Eli Drinkwitz spoke uh, today at uh, SEC Media Day. Uh, Kelly keeps trying to figure out how he fits in in, in in LSU. He did mention he has a Boston Midwestern Louisiana accent, so he, someone made some kind of crack about in his best Southern voice, could he talk about the favorite foods? I'd love to see someone give Saban that question. <laughs> that would take some real guts. Yes, it would. The SEC. All right. So Saban talks Tuesday morning. We're taping this Monday after. This will get up for a little bit. Anyone, anyone in the media who's willing to ask Nick Saban to do a Southern voice. Now, I grew up in West Virginia, but it's a little different Southern voice. Yeah. To name his favorite Southern foods, I, you will win small sample Heisman when we next convene, <laughs> and we'll pay for your dental work after Saban punches you in the mouth. Right? It's like it's like people would ask, like they try to poke the bear of Belichick and ask, like, what kind of candy you hand out at Halloween or something, you know? And they just be like, "What the?" You know? You almost you got to kind of your Super Bowl media day when you show up with a puppet or in a wedding dress <laughs> or something. Yeah. So he like uh, big news. Uh, Brian Kelly likes Louisiana food, like everyone else on earth. Shocking. Crawfish, grilled oysters. I'll grilled oysters, maybe not the most popular one. I I will give him this on the Boston Midwestern Louisiana accent. I do not believe that's why he said that family in tortured way. Why did he? But when you switch places in the country, Mm -hmm. it it, it messes with you. (laughs) I had a disastrously strong Boston accent when I was a kid. And I moved to the Midwest, and I can't pronounce anything. So the, the struggle is real, Pat. The struggle <laughs> is real. I think he was trying to put a little affectation on it. I'm not sure it was completely an involuntary family. No, he, he's a, he was fraudulent on that. But it is confusing. I'm it's sure. It's confusing. I don't know how bad his accent was as a kid. But he was on the North Shore. I don't know. But he made it through uh, his first thing. You know, the interesting thing, and he he actually talked about this. He, he addressed, you know, the recruiting of LSU, which has been good. Uh, he's got a top 10 class, and he's got plenty of chances to 
close that ranks uh, to, to, to move up. It's not out of the question LSU doesn't end up at least around five or six or something like that in the rankings, which is not unbelievable, but good. But they're not killing it with Louisiana players the way they usually did. Obviously, Arch Manning was the the biggest go, but I don't think Arch was – I don't care who you brought in as your coach. I don't think Arch was going to LSU. I guess they could have found somebody, but – Kelly has gone out and got really good players from Indianapolis and Minneapolis and Baltimore and done a put a little twist uh, of uh, uh, Long Beach. He went like a little bit of the Notre Dame twist on the national thing. And he, I think he said, look, one of the things we talked about was, you know, maybe expanding out a little bit to get to, to pick in some get some guys. And so he's got this national recruiting base. He's recruited everywhere uh, and then obviously worked the South. But. That's kind of where he's at. I mean, there isn't a whole lot to to discuss with Brian Kelly, but that is the one big concern is, you know, why hasn't why haven't they cleaned up? I think there are nine top hundred recruits from the state of Louisiana, or you know, about depending on what recruiting uh, system you want. And right now, Louisiana uh, Louisiana State has uh, I think just one of them. So, or there's ten, yeah. and they only has one. And a really good linebacker from Louisiana, from Baton Rouge, uh, Jaden Osbury, might go to Notre Dame, which is kind of funny. But yeah, so I don't know. Do you have to take anything from the lack of Louisiana stars and just stars from elsewhere nope. as an issue? Uh, next year at this time, if it's the same situation, then yes. But first year, you got to get things up and running. He is an outsider. Ed Orgeron played every you know Louisiana Cajun. Eat Mama's gumbo card he possibly had, uh, and Brian Kelly comes in with a completely different persona and approach. And I think, yeah, he looked at it's like, okay, we have relationships with these guys from Notre Dame. Let's go see if we can get them, and we'll build the relationships in Louisiana, and we'll see where they are in uh, the the twenty twenty four class. Probably more more importantly than twenty twenty three. I mean, yes, sure, you would like to get some of them, but I, I wouldn't press the panic button now that Brian Kelly can't recruit Louisiana. It just may take him a while to get going on it. All right. Lane Kiffin spoke, said he does not like wearing a tie, so he didn't wear a tie. Why wear a tie to media day just because someone previously wore a tie? (laughs) I agree with Lane there. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, part of this whole thing. They're football coaches. They don't have, you know, why do they have to dress like that? That's what I've always said about basketball coaches on the sidelines. And mercifully, not being there, I wasn't subjected to this. But one of my least favorite things about media day is the overemphasis of so-and-so's sock game and shoe game. Oh, look at the shoes on that coach. Look at the socks on him. I, I don't care. I don't care what you're wearing on your feet. So I don't care whether you're wearing a tie either. Do whatever you want to do. If you want to show up in a sweatsuit, perfectly fine with me. <laughs> they did ask Eli Drinkwitz how many shoes he has, and he could not. He could not say. Could you say how many shoes you own? Pair of shoes. I think I could get it within like two. <laughs> and how many do you say? How many do I? I don't know. I'd say like oh, seven you. or eight. Yeah, me. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, could I do? I don't know. Okay. Not that many. Oh yeah, seven or eight might be a lot for me. Yeah, maybe not. I'm thinking like counting like snow boots. <laughs> Like work boots, like I'm counting like pairs of sneakers, some couple dress shots. Yeah, I got a pair of slides. Yeah, I'm down to. I think I have a pair of golf shoes. Three, four. Like out of shoes that I actually wear, it's about four. 
Yeah. Maybe three. Really but you got some stashed away somewhere, right? Yeah. 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 Something there, there. Well, he couldn't do it. So the, the, it was there. There was some of that sock game. There's not a lot to talk about at this. Thing. No, there's not. There's not. So that's, we fall back on that. So yeah. There was uh, the biggest controversy in the SEC coming up uh, was that the SEC tried to uh, promote this new song by Walker Hayes. Now, Walker Hayes is a country, uh, I guess I'm going to put in quotes music, and I'm going to put again, new quotes, star. Okay. Okay. Allegedly, this is music, and allegedly, he's a star. Is this he's like the, a Summer Girls guy? Or what, he's the we... guy who did the Applebee's song. He basically oh, no, wrote a no, jingle no. and turned it into a, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, we, we hate it on that. Yeah, with good reason. They, he's put out a new song called Y'all Life. <laughs> okay, Y'all Life. Are we going to get a dramatic reading of the lyrics? I can do a dramatic reading. We might be able to play it. I don't know. Uh, we don't have Sully anymore, but we have Brett. Yeah. Uh, Brett Rader is our Sully's boss. Mm-hmm. So we've upgraded uh, or his former boss. Uh, Brett, can we play the song? Do you have Y'all Life queued up? Of course I do. Okay. Why don't All you right. play a little bit of Y'all Life and then I'll do a dramatic reading of the words, which uh, should shock and horrify you. And <laughs> and then I I may get stern with the SEC here. Okay. So uh, hit hit it, Brett. Small town, y'all town, double touching apart. Ice cream truck failing out of Mrs. Tess heart. Gets a blow up grants in the yard and it's March. Ain't coming down anytime soon. Got them nursing homes to battle. All right, all right, that's enough. <laughs> you guys are making Jim Harbaugh and the Eminem yeah. rot so that sound better and better. Okay. You want so the dramatic the, the, reading? I do. And I went, well, let's just clarify the SEC is like helping promote this. The SEC said uh, from the at SEC, cracks me up that the actual Securities and Exchange Commission does not have at SEC. <laughs> says it all about America. It does. <laughs> uh, just might be the song of football season right here. Oh, no. And then it had a link to the at, at Walker Hayes, comma, wanna collab, uh, uh, question mark, two eyeball emoji. And then he did a link to it. So either the SEC got paid to promote Walker Hayes. And I mean, my God, people, you should have enough money that you don't need to do that. (laughs) Or they actually want a collab. And I predict uh, that'll be the song leading in the noon game on the SEC network. I hope not. This song's atrocious. The guy, it's it's just, it's it's the, like country music is just so bad. This is just corporate country music. That's the worst thing. It's people you know? in Los Angeles trying to trying to f- decide this is what Southerners want to listen to. Yeah, this Instead- will play well in Gatlinburg. Please don't be mean to Los Angeles like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is not like forget like Merle Haggard or like Johnny Gat, like all that great stuff. This isn't even like Brooks and Dunn or like I don't know, <laughs> like. Uh, who are who those are the coming guys? to your city guys that they yeah uh, they right on, uh, yeah Florida that, Georgia that, line or right. like that any, was that I mean, was corporate enough right this who's is worse. the one uh, who was who are the other big country singers I, mean, I don't know. big and rich that was who did that coming to your city right. business Garth Brooks or things like that this is just like okay I'm gonna read this thing All okay right. dramatic reading 
because this is just a pander, okay? Small town, y'all town, double Dutch in the park. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ice cream Chuck failing that emissions test hard. <laughs> okay. Got that blow up Grinch in the yard. And it's March. Ain't coming down anytime soon. So we got a broken down ice cream truck. <laughs> Somebody who put a blow up Grinch uh, thing at Christmas, but it's too lazy to take it down. And kids playing double Dutch in the park. Okay. Y'all, them nursing homes still rattling with some Dolly Parton. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I got nothing for don't, you there. Don't, do, not, do not bring Dolly Parton into this. Okay. No. She's good no. country music. Right. And them high school kids traveling like James Harden. Uh, you know, the, the step back, <laughs> the step back jumper is legal. That's not, that's not traveling. In them white limousines to Olive Garden. What? Got, take a limo to the Olive Garden. I don't know. On prom night, it's good times, right? So I guess you can take a white limo on prom night to the Olive. This guy loves, loves them. So what happened to Applebee's there, Walker? Yeah. I don't like Wobblebees anymore. Right. I'm not going to say anything bad about Olive Garden, but <laughs> we be living that y'all life rolling in the South where it's football and Jesus. Barbershop talking like, nah, shut your mouth. My mama's sweet teas, the sweetest. Okay, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Y'all well, them dads tell them boys, son, walk it off. Y'all them mamas tell the girls, better keep your legs crossed. Oh, that's nice. All them hands in the stands praying for the coin toss. Lord, please, we want the ball at the half. I give him credit for, for praying for the deferred decision. There you go, right? At least he, defer. He, he's theoretically watched a couple of football games. So. Yeah, uh, it goes on. I'm sure it does. If this becomes the song of the SEC, we need the college football playoff committee to send a message. I'm I'm asking all the members of the college football playoff committee to send a message here. We just cannot stand. <laughs> they have all these great traditions in the South, all the great music of the South, all the third quarter songs. You cannot make this your song. No, no, this would be. We we don't need a song for football. Football doesn't need a song. That's my point here. We you know especially a bad song. If you got a good one that works naturally, fine, but get rid of it. Said y'all, I got that wiffle ball, bat flip swag in my walk. Down in Bama, where they grammar, got some country in it, y'all. Nana pudding, prayer chains, tailgates in them jeans ain't no thing, but a chicken wing. Nah, <laughs> ain't no thing, but a chicken wing. I agree. This is the worst pandering. (laughs) It is terrible. This is what corporate music thinks of you. Yeah. It's like you can just see him sitting around a conference table somewhere thinking, okay, let's think of 200 (laughs) Southern things. All right, now we'll just find a way to jam them all into a song. You know what I think of the South? Broken down (laughs) screen trucks. (laughs) (laughs) And Grinch blow-ups in the yard in March. Yeah. Trailer Park, uh, still got your Christmas lights on. All right, SEC, you've been warned. Don't do it. Don't do it. They did get panned on on Twitter for this. I will give them that. Okay. Yeah. Good. So people stood up, uh, stood up for what's right and and all that. I don't know if you mentioned this, Dan, but the the tweet was deleted. I don't know if that was a response to 
how bad it was uh-huh. or if there was some, you know, backroom wheelings and dealings, if there was, you know, they had agreed to, to promote it and maybe they, they accidentally tweeted it out too soon. Maybe some intern hit the hit the post button too early because there <laughs> there is some sort of conspiracy behind this that we should uh-huh. send Yahoo oh, investigative wow. after. Walker yeah. Hayes tweet. Maybe now. somebody yeah. came to their senses with Walker Hayes <laughs> and, and did this. Uh, 678,000 followers. But I mean, that's a valuable tweet. Yeah. Shouldn't just give it, just shouldn't give it off. So I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Well, maybe don't it was their, it. Mis- maybe it was their mistake. Maybe the securities and change and exchange commission was actually supposed to tweet it out. And <laughs> maybe the, the securities account. exchange commission actually did do it. Walker it's Hayes possible. people reached out to the wrong SEC. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Now we've gotten to the bottom of it. Now, you know, it's, a, it's the summer. So it's the time for the summer blockbuster, Pat. Yes. Uh, you know, Top Gun was a big hit. People still yeah. going to that. Highly recommend it. I went um, and saw it. I give it. Yeah, you didn't like it. I liked it. I thought it, yeah, was, it was fine. The jet scenes were fun. Jet scenes were tremendous. You know, easily predictable movie, but that's fine. Extremely predictable movie. Except <laughs> yes, I mean, well, here's one I bet you didn't see coming, Pat. Okay. Okay, I bet you did not see this coming in any way. Okay, here is it is a good good you know a uh, good slasher movie. You need a good oh, slasher movie okay. in the summer, right? <laughs> of course. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. My wife said Winnie the Pooh one. and Blood in the same movie title? Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. We do know Winnie the Pooh likes honey. <laughs> we do know that. Okay, that was in the original. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey it is described as... Pooh and Piglet go on a rampage. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, there is uh, pictures of a demonic Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Really? Uh, about to pounce. This is according to Variety magazine. Pounce on a scantily clad young woman relaxing in a hot tub. Oh, my God. Did they summon Bigfoot? <laughs> Bigfoot is not a hint. <laughs> okay. So uh, what happened is, uh, <laughs> according to the uh, director or producer, Maybe both, because you probably need both. Yeah, director Ray's Waterfield. He tells us to variety. I guess I forgot this, but I haven't been up on my Winnie the Pooh <laughs> lately. Yeah. But uh, Christopher Robin, Christopher Robin is uh, like the the boy yeah, yeah, who had all yeah. these animals, okay? Yeah. Uh, Christopher Robin goes to college and abandons all of his his animals, including okay, Winnie the Pooh. Animals, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Piglet. Christopher Robin is pulled away from them. And he's not giving them food. It made Pooh and Piglet's life quite difficult because they've had to fend for themselves so much. They've essentially become feral, <laughs> Waterford said. So they've gone back to their animal they've, roots. They're no longer tame. Oh they snapped. They're like a vicious bear and pig who want to go around and try and find prey. <laughs> <laughs> I love the creativity. I'll give it that. <laughs> an interesting twist less predictable than top gun maverick <laughs> so the the impetus here is that the uh because I've, I've i've looked into this the uh <laughs> copyright on winnie the pooh expired this year they've entered the public uh, domain so now no, if you want to make so a sl- old <laughs> yeah if you want to make a slasher film or any other film that's with right. any of the winnie the pooh characters you can and you don't you have to you know fight with the 
J.M. Barry. Is that J or is that Peter? That was Peter Pan. I don't know who wrote Winnie the Pooh. You don't have to fight with any estate or any corporation over using the likeness of Winnie the Pooh. A.A. Milne wrote it in 1926. Holy moly. Yeah, that sounds right. Or even earlier. Really? It began in a poem about in the in a children's verse book in 1924. Holy cow. So, yeah, you after, I guess, 100 years, you can just take and just steal their crap. I never understood why that is. Uh, but now <laughs> this guy, dude, was waiting around to turn <laughs> Winnie the Pooh into a slasher. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to time the release for the minute that the rights expire. <laughs> Here we go. Take that. Blood and honey on the screen. A.A. A. Milne, who died in 1956, was born in 1882. This dude from oh my God. Kilbourne, London, England, writes this thing. And 100 years later, it's a slasher movie. <laughs> Demented we need, Piglet. We need, we, we need our London Daily uh, Mirror or Telegraph or whatever reaction from the family. Of you know, a. A. yes, that is not. What is going on? Yeah, um, yeah. What is going on? I don't know. I mean, wasn't Piglet like I could see Winnie Winnie the Pooh maybe getting angry, although all he wanted was food. Piglet seemed yeah, like kind of shy, were, wasn't he? Yeah, they were both completely I can't remember. harmless. No, they were completely harmless. The hell's Eeyore and Tigger doing? Yeah, Tigger would be the one. He'd be the slasher. <laughs> wasn't know? Winnie the Pooh wasn't like a sort of modern take on it that each of the animals represented a different aspect of mental illness couldn't you do a sort of one flew over the cuckoo's nest really with the winnie the pooh characters wow i don't think this guy a.a milne was that creative i think he was just like made a couple bucks drawing his (laughs) i guarantee stupid winnie the pooh that's that's uh anyway there you go i i uh variety does not know when it'll be out this summer but they're trying to move it up because there's a lot of excitement Oh, yeah. Who doesn't want to see um, Winnie the Pooh slash people? According to Wikipedia, the the uh, the rights are still not up in the UK. So this has to be a US uh, only release. Maybe there. And, okay. and according to Variety, Disney retains exclusive use for interpretations of Pooh Bear and his friends. Pooh Bear. Geez. Oh, my God. Um, but Waterford believes he is on uh, strong legal grounds because we did as much as we could to make sure the film was only based on the 1926 version of it. So I don't know why 26 is... Uh, that doesn't seem like that. I think the Disney lawyers are going to decimate that uh, argument, if that is. But we'll see. How would you like uh, to be the Disney lawyer assigned to that? There's a poo slasher film. Keep it off the air. Yeah. Uh, oh, there it is. There is a scene in the movie. Spoiler alert! Uh-oh. Yeah, if, you, if you're planning on watching this while committing okay, your own spoiler animal sacrifices. Alert. Tigger and you are not in it. And uh, that's why, because they were not okay. in the original. Okay. So uh, they're uh, apparently Tigger's not in it, and there's a a scene featuring Eeyore's tombstone, uh, and it it just it just it killed off Eeyore. Said that the a miserable donkey had been eaten by a starving poo and piglet. Oh my! They ate so their that's own how friends. they get around that. I guess there you go. Wow. Okay. Anyway, this is the craziest movie. I am hundred percent seeing this movie <laughs> if it comes out. This is the new Sharknado. Yeah, yeah. This that has high potential for like macabre interest. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving it two thumbs up already. It can't be bad. 
There's no way I'll not be entertained by this movie. It may be so bad it's good. Yeah. Maybe yeah. so absurd it's good, but I will take that over having to listen to Walker Hayes for two hours. I'll tell you that. <laughs> the SEC needs to incorporate slasher poo instead of uh, this Walker Hayes song. <laughs> All right. All right, Pat, you have muscled through this. We're not going to go long today. No, I'm out of here. Good job. Go get some rest. Rest up, and hopefully this thing isn't. Uh, still with us later in the week when we yeah. uh, we return. So we'll be ready. Short to show this. today, but that's all right. Yeah, we'll mock the rest of the SEC later this week. Pat is an ongoing saga at this point. <laughs> Podcast is going great, man. Yeah, Sully no. quits. <laughs> you get sick. Things are going. Good. What is going to yeah. happen to me? Yeah, you're you're on next on the chopping block. I'm going to get hit out. by a falling like falling piano out of a high rise or something. You're going to get stuck in the forest with uh, Winnie the Pooh and a Maybe and an axe, it. you know. Yep. Winnie the Pooh comes around here. He's, I'm a, I'm not they they will not fool me with this. Hey, that's Winnie the Pooh. Nothing bad could happen. No one can hear you <laughs> scream. No. That's right. All right. We'll be back later in the week. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate Pat for making it through. We will talk to you later. find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader